Been away so long I hardly knew the place. Gee it's good to be back home. Leave it till tomorrow to unpack my case. Honey, disconnect the phone. I'm back in the USSR. Don't know how lucky you are, boy. Back in the US, back in the US. Oh fuck well isn't this topical let's just watch some Star Trek instead. It's time for the rules of acquisition. Alright. Hello and welcome to the rules of acquisition. Um, a podcast where we normally are going through every single episode of Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Except this time, we're not going through every single episode. We just finished the season, so we're cutting it down to not every single episode. We're doing our season wide album that we've been we've been doing this since we started the podcast when we complete a season instead of doing a uh, full double album. Like the Beatles, like, like the Beatles, the Beatles, the Beatles. Sorry, I've had a few drinks. No. <laughs> so what we're doing in these wide albums, we take the full 26, 25 or however long episode season of Star Trek Deep Space Nine, a sci-fi show from the 90s and cutting it down to more manageable what you might expect from a uh, more modern a season of television, prestige television, serialized television, without so much filler in it, in the same way that the White Album game people have made up to cut down the Beatles' White Album to just an essential cut-out-the-fluff to a regular-sized, solid, sweet-ass piece of rock and roll. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, anyways, that's what the White Album is for us. My name is... Wade Bowen with me, as always, is James Nolan. Hey, guy. <laughs> guys. Yeah. Hey, guys. Or guy. I don't know how many people listen to this podcast. It's probably just That's one true. dude. It could just be one. One lonely incel who wants to hear it. Like, I'm just kidding. One is the loneliest number. Wait, that's not the right album. That you will ever do. Mm-hmm. Cue the music. Yes. Yeah, so we're going to do our Harry Nielsen podcast next. So. <laughs> Oh, we just lost the listener that we. Had. I could, I could totally, <laughs> I could totally do that. Oh <laughs> uh, yes. So you just heard James. Yeah. That other voice you heard was Hugh Crawford. Hello, incels. <laughs> Incel, just the one. Oh, just the one. Yes, you will not find Snyder Cut apologist here. <laughs> yes, we're talking about the White Album. Um, we have done this historically, where we each pick. 10 or 12 episodes, and I believe our reasoning is because modern TV, such as Stranger Things or the OA, you know, if it was streaming on <laughs> on Netflix, is about 10 to 12 episodes long. The OA? Yeah, the OA. <laughs> you know, the height of television. The OA. Uh, go listen to our old OA podcast for. Like, can you imagine how much? I, I just forgot how much hubris went into like putting those words on the into paper and then making other people do that shit. Can you imagine? <laughs> <laughs> I gotta tell you, you picked a weird time to make an OA podcast because there's new news about it. Because Britt Marling said that it's been completely filmed and they're finding something really interesting in the editing, which is the <sighs> most like most. <laughs> cautious yeah 
like cautiously positive statement I've ever heard about anything. Because that that sounds like it's horrible. That's a statement that says we don't know what the fuck we were doing. We don't know what we filmed. Right. We're finding it in the end. And if you listen to our OA podcast, you'll get our opinion that they didn't know what the fuck they were doing when they did that first one. Yeah. Anyway. But we digress. Yes, but this <laughs> this time I've picked 12 episodes for my perfect white album season of season five of Deep Space Nine. How many have you done, Wade? I have 12. I had a 13 if I got that in there, but no, I, I have 12. All right. If you twisted my arm, I could maybe cut to Ted, but I don't want to. Wade's got a fluid season. <laughs> yeah, I fuck it up every time. I don't. I have a pretty fluid system too. I went with twelve, even though I think a ten is a better. But I don't know if I'm. I don't know. I, I think my ideal would be to make eleven, but I made a twelve and a ten. And I also like if we wanted to stretch it to thirteen, I have the episode I'd throw on there. But let's say I got 12, too. Yeah. I mean, 13 is the uh, Netflix Marvel model. Yeah. 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 But eight is now the the best of the Netflix shows. Right. True Detective uh, in the night in the, the night of, right. which is I love. Yeah. That, that, those are both HBO, though. That's what I, I meant. The HBO. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. <laughs> HBO is really working with the eight episode format. So I like that. And 10, like West Wing, West World, West World. <laughs> <laughs> and Game of Thrones are 10. So, but I, I went with 12. Yeah. Right. I'm conforming to the 12. All right. Well, who wants to go first with their list? Um, uh, I will. Oh. I don't think I've went first in a while. Okay. All right. I don't think you've gone first yet. Yeah. Oh, I think yeah. It, it would be nice to. I don't think I have either. I always, always lay in the cut here. Yeah, you do. Okay. So, I established last season that I, I've established the yes. Yes, it definitely goes in pile. The meh pile and the fuck no pile. <laughs> uh, last season, I had to go into the meh pile, and I didn't this season. Right. <laughs> right. The meh, meh pile is exactly 12. Or the yes pile is exactly 12. So the yes pile will be Apocalypse Rising, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, looking for Parmok in all the wrong places. Oh, mm-hmm. Interesting. Uh, tenuously, it's in my 12, but not in my 10. 10. Let's hear your 12. Yes. Now the, nor the battle for the strong. Okay. Uh, trials and tribulations. Mm-hmm. Rapture. And uh, the sixth episode would be for the uniform. Seventh in the in Purgatory Shadow. <laughs> uh, eight by Inferno's Light. Though you can't cut any of that shit. That's a fucking goal of the series. Right, right. Uh, nine, Dr. Bashir, I presume, <laughs> okay. which I hope that Wade cuts. I hope Wade, I hope you cuts it. And I, and I, and I, I, I know you are because you got the balls to do that, my friend. Okay. Uh, so that's nine. Ten is Soldiers of Fortune. Of the Empire. I can't justify it being on the list, but I can't justify cutting yeah. a fucking oh, absolutely. minute of it. Absolutely. <laughs> okay, uh, Children of Time. I really like that episode. Yes, I liked it. Like thinking about it after it was over, and then twelve, obviously, uh, called arms. Okay, I'm definitely gonna have the most controversial. Okay. I'm definitely gonna have the most controversial. Okay, see, <laughs> the only one that I would throw on there, uh-huh. possibly, if I had to go to thirteen, would be the ship. If I have to do 10, I'm cutting out Nor the Battle for the Strong and <gasps> Trials and Tribulations. They don't make my top 10. Yep. Okay. If I have to cut it to eight, Ooh. I cut Rapture and Dr. Brazier. Brazier, I presume. <laughs> Dr. Brazier. Dr. Brazier. The laser suit Larry version of the. 
right. Okay. <laughs> the point. So that's my list. Wade, you should go, buddy. Oh, I should. I want. Okay. I was like, oh, thank God. I want to go next. Yeah. Because <laughs> actually, your list, James, is I know. remarkably similar to mine. <laughs> yeah. It's a good season. It's not exactly, though. There's some there's some diversions, but some of them were exactly the now, same. You, had to be, you have to be wrong in places. It's not. Oh, well, it's not, no, uh... I, I, <laughs> let's see. I can tell you where you're wrong. And I can give you reasons for it now, uh, but okay. Oh, I can just fit in. <laughs> I mean, we we can all we all have our reasons. It's okay. Yes. Okay. <sighs> okay. Let me just lay it out then. Okay. Uh, number one, Apocalypse Rising. I think we're all. Mm-hmm. It's a standard of these. It our first. I would be shocked if wait if if you cuts that out. I'd be shocked. Yeah, our first and last are you generally the first and last episodes. Those are generally always strong in every season so far. Mm-hmm. So, Apocalypse Rising, number two, The Ship. I did keep. I knew you did that. Because I think it is very important, and it comes up later. They can just say, hey, we caught a we caught a Jemadar ship once. Sure, but, well, anyways. <laughs> <laughs> but it's more, I think it's a little more impactful if you know who caught the ship and if it were the, you know, the heroes of our story. But I don't want to get into spoiler territory. All right. All right. But anyway, so number two is the ship. Okay. Number three, I kept uh, looking for Parmok. Okay. Which was your number two, I believe. Mm-hmm. Then number four, I kept Nor Battle to the Strong. So far, you're keeping the whole series. Huh? That's a testament. You you've kept them like the first four. This has never happened in your in your white album ever. Oh yeah, I know. Where you've kept like yeah, I know. four in a I, row. Yeah. Let alone, and I kept three of the first. But my I guess my point is that's a testament to how strong this season was. That's is, what I'm is, saying. This yes. one started off fucking strong, and then. <laughs> After North Battle to the Strong, it kind of dropped off for a little bit. Yeah. Because, like, what? That is episode four. And then my episode five is Rapture, which is... Oh, wait. So you skip Trials and Tribulations? I skipped Trials and the Tribulations. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa you're, you are cold-blooded. Because <laughs> it doesn't... From a from a modern uh, serialized perspective it doesn't do anything for it's only fan service so here's here's the thing here's the situation is it's a case study in modern partisanship (laughs) i said that that wouldn't make my top eight for the season i would cut it Uh but the fact that wade's cut it made me like a little angry (laughs) and i don't know why (laughs) this is an issue we've had in the past i cut the visitor last season yeah i know but like no like i have no justification because like i had a reason why it's not in my top eight yeah. right but like i don't think it's that funny i think it's a lot of goofball bullshit and i think it's a lot of fan service but i also think i don't know it was it was in the top 12 funnest episodes of the season i agree of the series i mean, gotta, it, I mean of the of, you gotta kill your darling sometimes i mean well I, maybe yeah. I think maybe you and I kind of set each other off sometimes. <laughs> we're like, motherfucker. <laughs> but uh, Maybe, maybe. <laughs> but it's because, yeah, whatever. <laughs> okay, so you do the rap. Wait, so you don't. Okay. So, so he's on, like, he's already on. Yeah, he's on the rapture. Yeah. yeah I, but I, you keep the rapture, which you ragged on the whole fucking episode. The rapture is the one where Cisco gets high, right? Yeah. 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 I mean, I ragged on. Uh, I think I ragged on our disagreements on whether he was justified or not. But you also ragged on his performance too, didn't you? Oh, I did. I did. Yeah. You're right. You did. I thought he overdid it a little bit. That was... You ragged on. That was the episode where we you you were pitted against us as favorable reviews. 
Yes. So like you were. Mm-hmm. But for the arc of the season and the series, I will agree that it's important. It brings up as far as like the plot of the show goes. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's where he has the vision of like, no, Bajor cannot join the Federation, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that's. Yeah. 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 It's important. You kept Rapture too, didn't you, James? Yes, he did. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so we're just... I cut it out of my... It also did We're just putting poor Wade's feet to the fire because he dogged on it and he kept it. Yes, yes. Okay. Yes, it did not make my 10 episodes. All right, what what do you got next after after Rapture? All right, after Rapture, I have... Let's see, what do I got? I got For the Uniform. I was going to say, you don't cut that. So, yeah, I keep... For the Maki arc and everything... I kept for the uniform. Did you? You had that one, right, James? Oh, God, yeah. Yes, of course I did. It's one of the best episodes of the show. Okay, right, right. Of course you did. Even though it's a crawl episode, it's it's good. <laughs> right. No, it's pretty great. That's why I kept it, too. This is where we hit our stride. And in Purgatory's Shadow and by Inferno's Light, of course, we had those. Cause yeah. yeah. In the same <laughs> slot, you know, the seven and eight of the season are also those. And I kept Dr. Bashir. I presume. Okay, so we're 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 close there. We're we're close. Yeah, time. I kept soldiers of the empire because we need to remind everybody that the Klingons are still in the shit. And you know it is a great episode. Mm. You know where Martok got the yips, and you know that that's good stuff. Yeah, that's good. And then I kept Blades of Glory. Oh, I cut that shit. Yeah, because it, wait, wait, you cut Children of Time? I did cut Children because that's another that's another episodic, not serialized episode. You could do without it. That's a Star Trek episode. Well, how do you how do you know that uh, Odo's in love with Kira? Uh, well, I think we both also cut Kira's pregnancy entirely. Uh, oh, oh, boy. <laughs> yes. Do I need to explain that? No, no white album is perfect. I mean, that's that's a, no, no, that's no, 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 thing. no. No, I'm agree that, but he used the the that nothing happens in trials and tribulations. Right. So I'm using right that something happened in. Children of Time. Yeah, but, but we can, I, I'm with yeah, you yeah, that I don't. Yeah. And last one's called Arms, right? Yeah. <laughs> the last one's called Arms, right? <laughs> right. 12 is obviously called Arms, so that's 12. <laughs> you totally spoiled it for the last one for everybody. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Yeah, you son I'm of sorry. a... Sorry. No, um, but if I had the 13th episode, I would throw in In the Cards. Really? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Because... Because I would throw it in after Blaze of Glory. I like Blaze of Glory because I brought it up in the podcast that it shows that all the stuff that's been going on in the background that we haven't really focused on, like the Maquis, that story's been progressing, even though we've been with, we've been following the story of Cisco and Deep Space Nine. But the universe, the galaxy is a big place. And in the background, this Maquis stuff was still going on. And I like that. And then in the cards, I liked. Because it also subverts the B and A plot, and it shows a lighter side. When even in the in the darkest of times, will there be singing? Yes, there will be singing about the dark times. Sorry, that's the most pretentious Bertolt Brecht reference I could throw in. I'm with that. I'm with that though. That's a thing that I like. I just think that in the cards is a dumb version of it. Yeah, uh, it's that falls it's in the, the in the cards falls in the category of sequels nobody asked for. <laughs> sure, because it's a Stimbolt sequel. <laughs> so well, yes, but is. I liked I like the point it brings up that sure the Cisco is like oh everything's dark but for some reason we could still have a little bit of lightness in it. Yeah, it would have been cool if that point was brought up in a good episode. <laughs> Fair, okay. 
That's my lost 13th episode. I didn't keep it in my 12. Okay, okay. But you're talking about like Bertolt Breck. But here's my thing with that is that uh, usually those, the Bertolt Breck mentioned that. You're, you're, you're getting my socialist roots here. Uh-huh. He mentioned that about these things that build uh, camaraderie and community amongst soldiers or warriors or people under siege. I'm just talking about people, man. <laughs> but in, no, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. People under siege. Right. Um, and in the cards is... Like, I think ultimately it has that montage at the end that makes it seem like that's what it's supposed to be about. But it was literally just a boring ass fetch quest with a lot of like. Right. I also maybe have more um, leniency towards video game fetch quests than the rest of you guys do. I don't know. I like fetch quests, too, just because I'm a completist. But I I, I think that maybe you like farce more than I do. I'm a guy that doesn't get embarrassed if I accidentally laugh at Shakespeare. You're right. <laughs> uh, Shakespeare's okay, but like, do you laugh at Moliere? Um, That's kind of farcy. I had to do six weeks of Moliere in my uh, college education. <laughs> but no, I don't really. Yeah. yeah uh, I don't know. What was that famous farce movie with Superman's in it and Three's Company's in it and I think Carol Burnett's in it? It's a farce movie. It's a movie. It's like a play, but it's also like a... Oh, um, Noise is Off. Yes. I was in that play in college, so yes. <laughs> I don't like Noise. I don't like Noise is Off. <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I, I mean, felt like this was kind of Noise is I Off. I like Noise is Off just fine. <laughs> All right. See, yeah. there you go. That's We got to the bottom of, of where we come down on farce. <laughs> all right. So that's my 12. All right. Uh, all right. Asterisk 13. <laughs> So what you got, Hugh? All right. Well, all right. In years past, in seasons past, I've I've built my list based off of like one through line arc and tried to make it as streamlined as possible mm. to uh-huh. uh, accommodate that one arc. However, here we are in season five, and I feel like most of it's strong enough that it really doesn't need me to do that. So that frees me up personally to just make a season of television I like. <laughs> so that's what I did. Mm-hmm. So that's what that's what I've got going for me here. Uh, episode one of my season five white album is Apocalypse Rising. Sure, no surprise. Uh, number two is Looking for Pa Mock in All the Wrong Places. Mm-hmm. Okay. Number three is The Assignment. The Assignment. Huh. Yes. Ooh. Which one was that? That was. That's the uh... one where we get at, we get the delicious performance from Keiko. Yeah. Ros- from yeah from from Keiko, and it's one of the last times that we get to see her. Oh. Yeah. And I really enjoyed how the plot unfolded and how it was ratcheted up every, from scene to scene, and I enjoyed Keiko O'Brien tremendously in that episode. So. It's in my meh column. It could have made it longer. Like, yeah, I think I liked it more the when I saw it than I did remembering it at the end of the season. I liked it. It stuck with me it's tight. Uh, more it's, than the ship. It's tight. Mm-hmm. Nor the battle for the strong is a heavy-handed uh, World War II bullshit. Let's not be Deep Space Nine. Let's like use something else as a template for forty-five minutes of television that I that doesn't do anything for me. <laughs> so you cut it. Yeah, I cut it. The ship is like high-handed, heavy, moralizing bullshit mm. that they could that everybody loves, but I don't. And also, it it yeah, it doesn't. It's low on the wharf, so I moved up looking for Mock in the wrong place. Like I want, we get episode one, we got Garon exposed. Number two, I want to go straight to the wharf stuff. So wharf is pretty big in the ship. Him and O'Brien are arguing over whether or not to kill the guy that got shot. Oh. I think there's. Damn. 
It's pretty good. I mean, it's a scene. And that's yeah. That's I, like I, that's I, not pretty big. There's negotiating. I mean, it's big enough. It's not a Worf centric episode. Yeah, it's not a Worf centric episode. So after the assignment, I have trials and tribulations. <clears throat> and speaking of the Worf centric episodes, I have let he who is without sin for my number five. Oh, for, I almost put that. For, I wanted to put that so bad, and then I couldn't justify for, it. Really. <laughs> oh, I did too. Oh, I could justify it. You have one of the best character I, uh, explanations in all of Star Trek lore at the end where... Oh, Worf, God, it's not the... Don't get me started. Wonderfully, wonderfully, <laughs> we get to the core of, of what makes Worf Worf. Oh, that's... Yep. Being uh, a Klingon moving amongst yeah. humans in, in a Federation <laughs> world. But we also... You know what? You've convinced me. I'm knocking off nor the nor the battle to the no, strong. <laughs> you're all you're both wrong. It's such a dumb. I wanted to keep it in because it's so stupid, but no, man, that episode, especially the ending, that fucking gremlin ending. Is, no. That's a, he killed a kid, he man. Kid. He killed a fucking kid. Yeah, like in the most suburban soccer mom. That's why way. he can't like cut loose, man. Have you like? Could you imagine what it's like to be a kid who's killed a kid? That's, accidentally yeah that's gotta be that's pretty fucked <laughs> I've up i've seen some shit no i i no i, I can't but then you that. also land dax later on in life so it's, i don't know yeah it's still a bummer to kill a kid but. yeah i mean that episode is i almost wanted to keep it for how fucking silly and ridiculous and it's got vanessa williams and awesome in it. no it's not yeah, i mean it's, kid. it's yeah. awesome in a camp kind of way not like it's objectively good uh we get the <laughs> we get the lita the great lita stuff uh <laughs> Where, where you get the con- the uncoupling, conscious uncoupling. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Five episodes in, Hugh's winning this. I don't know. <laughs> I feel like I didn't bring the one today. So then we've got, uh, I cut things past. Uh, I cut the ascent. Sure. I kept rapture. Rapture is number six. Mm-hmm. I cut for the uniform. Right. You cut for the uniform. Oh, you hate the Maquis. Purgatory Shadows, number seven. That's my number seven. Wait, you cut for the uniform? No, I fucking hate Michael Eddington. Anytime I have to watch no, him. No, 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 no. You might hate Michael Eddington. But yeah. if we can rewind, I, I, you loved, loved that episode. Listen, I've thought about it. And what I hate about my, I don't want to hear a guy for 20 minutes, t- like accuse Captain Sisko of, of being one way when we all know as an audience he's not. So you're telling me that the sequel that we've never asked for of Blaze of Glory, which I admit, I don't know what the fuck you're thinking, Wade, <laughs> but like Blaze of Glory, is that like that Blaze of Glory made you like For the Uniform less? No, he does that in For the Uniform. He accuses him of being of the, the I know, all the but less... you gushed over, we all gushed over For the Uniform. Yes, but yes it probably did. <laughs> all the heavy-handed Javert bullshit that's like not cisco he did it if you go back and watch it like all we had to watch and cisco just takes it he just looks at him right whenever he's being acute like we all know that's not cisco at all all we gotta do is just hear this blowhard go on and on see for me though like that his nemesis misunderstands him so much is not a detraction for me. That's like, yeah. But it's not a part, but it's also not brought up. Right. But then so you, you let, also get... It's let stand without an answer. So we as an audience have to just... It's like, Cisco's listening to the, this diatribe, and he knows that what the guy is saying is fundamentally untrue about him. Because Cisco is, is not nothing if not a man who knows himself. Mm-hmm. And we as an I mean, audience... But he gets pretty shook in that. I mean, and that episode is where we get the Cisco that is willing to... Uh, been the sure. push things across the line a little bit. You know, he gen- he he doesn't genocide the planet. We dis- I argued in the episode, but people do 
maybe that's another reason to cut it if you think, oh, he shouldn't do that for Star Trek reasons. But no, that 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 of course that doesn't bother me. But he just does mm-hmm. more Cisco esque things like that later down the road better. I don't need Michael Eddington's face to right. to yeah yeah. But so the I'm, fact I, that he does stuff later for me, like that you foreshadow it with stuff he's done in this episode, I like. Yeah, it's your White Album. So I whatever. think I respect it. I respect the decision, but that I think that you've open yourself up to revising your I probably your have I probably position. have Blades yes congratulations okay. Star Trek you made you made a sequel that made me hate the original so good I hope you're happy um so yes I have in purgatory shadow which might actually as time goes on be start like I might even like that that's the opposite that I might like that more yeah. Be, oh, yeah. because of the arc the the wharf Garrick arc yes oh yeah me actually means something here's two guys who probably could care give two shits about each other even maybe there's some sort of contempt there for each other and then mm-hmm. some stuff happens and at the end of it you know of course they're by far the most opposite yes. characters mm-hmm. and so therefore oh, yeah. they're interesting when you put them together of course inferno's light is number 8 sure. uh business as usual oh. quark <laughs> quark Quark wrestles with his uh, conscience. I I had no doubt that you would cut Doctor Bashir, but I didn't know that that's the one you would throw yes, in there. That I is would... in my fuck. That is in my fuck no pile. <laughs> that is, that is a, watching business as usual makes it just reminds me how much even even a, a, a mediocre Quark story is better than the best Bashir story. <laughs> well, I wouldn't say that's the best Bashir story, but it's where we get the revision. You wouldn't say. Oh, that's interesting. What's oh. the best Bashir oh, it's story? Oh, by far the best Bashir story. Is it? Yeah. I might. So far, because it's got his, his fuck-ass dad in it. <laughs> yeah, his dad's pretty fucking great in it. His, Related his... to his fuck-ass dad, so. I don't, I mean. His I... gammon of a dad. Right? Like... I mean, I don't want to spoil where the big controversial thing that we get with Bashir later on. I might like those. I don't remember. Well, the William Sadler episode? Yeah. All right. But, but I mean, so far. Mm. I mean, here we are at the end of season at the end of season five, oh and yeah. is there a better Bashir, like Bashir episode than Doctor Bashir? I presume. Uh, yeah, there's been two. There's been the quickening, mm, maybe, and the one where he cures the uh, Jim Hadar or doesn't. No, Hippocratic oath. I read it tied for first <laughs> with the quickening. Right. So. Well, I mean, yeah, I might. Okay, I, I'll go with the quickening. Hugh, you're the first person to pick something out of my fuck, fuck no pile. I uh, will say that. Yes, I I do like the the moral uh, center of Quark. You get to find out where where that is in that episode. Okay. And if you're so hard on on where things come from, that actually makes a difference later on. All right. So stuff he does later on isn't out of the blue. You actually have. I respect that. Um, number ten is of course Soldiers of the Empire. Yes, yeah, we all kept that one. You can't forget that. Mm-hmm. Number eleven is Children of Time. One of the most Star Trekky episodes of the season. Still shocked Wade cut that. I, know, yeah, I think it didn't do anything. It didn't do as much for me as it did for you guys. Right. And it did nothing for the overarching plot of the show. Right. Oh, I, I, I don't believe I don't blame him for cutting it. Uh, but like I said, I this arc is going to take care of itself. Like this is such a strong season <laughs> that I could. Yeah, yeah. Because a lot of the stuff that you kept is tends to the overarching arc but i was also marveled with garbage you know <laughs> mm-hmm. sequels that nobody asked for uh i what cut are you talking about 
I hope Blaze of Glory. <laughs> cut Blaze of Glory. Yeah. I cut In the Cards. I cut Impact Noir. And I kept yeah. Call to Arms as my number 12. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I cut all those except for Blaze of Glory. And yeah, Call to Arms. Like I said, we've never not kept the first and last episodes of a season across the board. So it looks like we have a hot seven. Apocalypse Rising. Looking for Pomoc, which is a little shocking to me. I know. I, so it's a little shocking to me that we've all kept Rapture. Uh, in Purgatory Shadow by Inferno's Light, Soldiers of Empire, which I thought Wade probably would have found a reason to cut for some reason. Oh, that was a great episode. And Call the Arms. Yeah. I know it was a great episode. Yeah. But so was so was Children of Time. Yeah, it wasn't as good. It was a Star Trek time shenanigans episode like those are a dime a dozen but it's got time shenanigans that has interesting emotional relationships. i don't think they're a dime a dozen i think that they that star trek so often gets things wrong with their own formula mm-hmm. and i'm talking about like all the way back to tos like i mean it's it's not a bad episode like howard hawks made rio bravo and then he made like rio lobo which is and like consciously like oh. the same movie or whatever yeah and it, I, it's something it's not it's not it's El, is it it's El, El, is it Silverado? It's Eldorado. Eldor- it's Eldorado, but you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Like he consciously yeah. made, like remade it because he wanted like another shot at it. And I feel like sometimes Star Trek does that too, right? Where they're like, "This is very similar to something we've done before." They're like, "Yeah, but we can do it. We can do it better." Right. Well, it's mm. kind of the same reason I caught Trials and Tribulations. It might be a great Star Trek episode, but it's not a great DS9 episode. I mean, it's a great episode of DS9, but it doesn't really do what DS9 does. They're in the Gamma Quadrant again, and that's weird that they just show up there and they're doing a classic TOS story, but it's not a classic DS9 story, you know? I think it actually does what Deep Space Nine does best. I think that they brought in that that actual old-ass actor that played the original Klingon to come back, just like they did. Oh, maybe for Trials and Tribulations, but that's all. But what what about Children of Time? Oh, you're. I'm talking about. I'm defending Trials and Tribulations here because you're saying. Yeah, that. Well, that's that. That's not a good Deep Space Nine episode, but it's a good Star Trek episode. I, well, yeah, I'd, I'd go with that too because it's. I mean, it's a great Star Trek. I think that you have a lot of good character moments from Deep Space Nine. Actually, my favorite Bashir stuff is his grandmother paradox, his his grandfather paradox. <laughs> and it might explain why he can't tell the difference between a house and a cat. It's because he's his own <laughs> he's, he's his own grandfather. But you cut that reference out so that that doesn't pay off. <laughs> no, no. My joke doesn't pay off, but it's still my favorite. It's probably my favorite Bashir moment in the entire series. Is So you have like the, these great actors Character moments. Well, and <laughs> between trials and tribulations and uh, in children of time, he wants to fuck his grand grandmother, and he also wants to fuck his great grandchild. Yeah, that's right. yeah. He's that's <laughs> awfully yeah weird. Um, but what? No trials, and then we also get the great moment where Dax has got that great Spock thirst. Oh yeah. Going to and and that was that oh, was a I'm lot not, of fun. I, I'm not I'm not going to argue that it's a bad episode. I love it, but. It didn't feel essential. Well, it's a, why you should it on your list? Make room for the things you love, Wade. You got to kill your darlings. I'm doing. I'm talking. No, you don't. Yeah, you, no, you don't. You don't have to kill your darlings if it means saving Blaze of Glory. Blaze of Glory was a great episode. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> so okay, so this whole season, uh, it seems like since we took the turn, I get the sense of the podcast that it seems like it's always me and Hugh against Wade. But looking at this, 
Q and me only ha- Wade and me only have two deviations. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Where where Hugh and me have three deviations. <laughs> right. So I'm a little shocked by that. Yeah. Uh but I do think that you've you may have weakened Northern Battle to the strong in my mind and strengthened to he who is without sin. Which one was he without sin? He is without sin is the is the war soccer episode? Oh God! The... Yeah, because do you really do you really feel like feel like watching like them honking on World War One stuff? Well, I think in for... order to battle the. Stream? I like. To, I think that I have a big. I have a stronger stomach for that than you do. And also another reason I kept it a very important reason I kept it for the cohesion of the whole season is that that's an early episode in the season and it comes back into play in Call to Arms when he's handing out med kits in sickbay. Right. So I like that okay. That symmetry too. There was a little bit of a callback. I don't know if I needed a prequel but, to that. If I don't yeah, I don't think I needed but I mean it was some nice it was some nice continuity on their part. I'm just talking thematic it's little themes that callbacks, yeah. I like episodes that do something with Jake that's not in the cards. Right. Because in the cards it's horrible. <laughs> it makes me want to vomit. Uh, I like things that do <laughs> See, things with Jake just that aren't d- horrible. In the cards is just as dumb as the Ryza episode, if not less so. Except it's <laughs> done with characters we love. Yeah. The Ryza episode is done with characters that we love. Oh, I love Jake. And it's not dumb because it's got one of the and best. Nog, and like, it explains a character, character trait that's, right. been, that's been around for decades. Oh, don't get me started. You all know how I feel about that wharf scene at the end. I hate it so much. Right. But that is what... That is That's my biggest problem with that. It episode. explains it. Every time I see Worf, I see that he's carrying like on his like face. I see that he's carrying that moment with him. I am yeah. not. I'm. I'm seething that they uh, saturated him down to the one That's moment. That's fucking stupid. I don't understand why you hate. I don't understand why anyone hates that scene. I think it's stupid. Because it's overall what, why, it's bad. But anyways, we've been the, over this. this. Okay, describe it to the. the no, 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 no. We're gonna revisit this. This <laughs> okay. is the most controversial moment of season five, and it's come up as controversial. Why is that bad? Okay. I don't understand. Okay. Like, give it one more shot, and don't use vague language give specifics okay so people and com- don't mention gremlins <laughs> okay. see if you can do it that way <laughs> my my go-to explanation my reference was going to be robin williams in uh one hour photo actually i don't know that movie uh well it's a movie that's a great movie about robin williams is uh, and actually y'all will argue it has nothing to do with this it's a movie about robin williams as a sad pathetic incel loner in his 40s He's a sad, pathetic old man who has never had any attachments in his life. Hey, he's... ease up on our audience, all right? <laughs> well, I feel for that. It, it hit me close they to home. Feel so, they feel so attacked right yeah. now. Come on. So he's a guy, and then he relates to this, like, family because he works in a photo booth, and he all, sees all these, like, pictures of the family, and he learns that he grows really attached to the family, and it's, like, the sad, lonely man who ends up doing something fucked up to defend this family. He doesn't really know, but he's just lonely, and he attaches to him. And then at the end of the movie, they sell it all away. He's like, he could just be a sad, lonely person who I understand is sad and lonely and is a complex person. But no, that's not enough because maybe people don't understand that. Without a key psychosis that we need to, under- to explain this person, it doesn't make sense, so they make him molested. He was molested as a child, so that's why he does fucked up things. That's how I felt about this Worf episode, where I understand why Worf would be the way he is, 
But they was like, oh, well, it doesn't make sense why Worf is so repressed, why he's not like other Klingons. No, we have to have this one incident that explains him away. He can't be a complex person with nuance that we have to understand the whole person. We can explain him away with this one incident in his childhood, and that's all you need to know about the character. And that's how I felt about the end of that episode. That isn't, the, in no way is that all you need to know about the character. It's a thing that happened. But it, I understand. I, it's I, not and explained. I, to, like, they didn't work through it, and then he got it. It's just a thing that happened. But they, the way it's... And that episode is so overwrought. He's like... How? He's, th- How? Listen, go back and listen to the, the soundtrack. I have. I've watched and it And I, I played it in the episode. He's just like, no, I can't talk to you about this. And the music swells, and he's like, when I was a kid, and... oh, In time, it became a part of who I was, who... I am. And you're still afraid that if you lose control... Someone I care about might get hurt. That explains a lot. So now we can't. So now we can't critique the show for being cornball with like its art direction. I'm just saying it's cornball. I, I, I don't know. I mean, we can have different experiences of it, and that, I'm just explaining mine. I'm, I guess, I'm not going to say. I guess I'm just saying that it doesn't. It's not trying to be like the only problem he has, but it is an issue that explains his lack of confidence that he doesn't have the traditional Klingon confidence. That it has this some sort of reserved like tightness. See, but I for me, you you don't need that explanation. It's fine if it does, but it's not required. And the way it felt like I needed it. I well, I felt like I needed it. I never like I said in the episode, it felt like the writers like, oh, we have we have to explain Worf, and let's find the one lint keystone. I that like can do that it. they and, don't. Is that wrong that they had to explain Worf? Yeah, I think it is because I don't think and they, that did. they came up with a tangible event, a tangible event in his past. I think it is. I think people are more complicated than one. Some people you can have one triggering event, and that can. But be I think thing. that's not, not. I don't it's think not that one triggering my- event. You keep acting like it's the only problem he's ever had. He's got. He's a an adopted kid. Well, yeah. and he's got a fucked up relationship with his son, and he. The woman that he—he's bicultural. The, he's these he's are all probably these are all a, things. He's probably a deep-seated like oppression and racism, like I, not oppression but all, microaggressions the, and racism. Those are all things I agree with, and you're right. And are not easily conveyed in a scene. I think they're, like they're conveyed is. by the character over the whole time we've known him. Oh, all that stuff oh, is there. Oh, I don't see why that means you that you can't share the pro. And, and I think that you're focusing on the wrong thing. It's that he had to give her something. He had to give her something about himself to explain something that she could understand. It was a make or break understand. moment for the relationship. Yes, he had to give her something. He had to let her in. And that's what he chose to tell her. It wasn't the totality of everything horrible he's ever experienced. It was one thing. It was sharing one thing with her that gave her like an understanding of who he is and showed that he trusted her enough to tell her this thing. That explains a lot. Right. I th- And you know what? You're right. But I think he could have shared something else without... And just, I don't, I know you... People with me with me in college because I have two dicks? Like, what? No, I don't no, know. No. Like, God damn. Y'all have argued, like, oh, the soccer thing, it's a relatable thing. It's like a soccer... It's, part of me, it's so suburban soccer mom. It's so suburban and soccer mom to me that it's almost farcical. 
And that's just how I feel about it. You can disagree with me. That's fine. Clearly you do. But that's just how I feel about it. It feels silly and almost... It's well, weird that it would be silly. That I, Here's what I find silly in things. When they use these euphemisms that aren't related to anything that people like ever experience. So like things that are only in movies like, I don't know, gangster shit or... You know, we went to the sock hop for Malta's or these kinds of things that only really exist in movies and have never really existed in real life. I go to soccer games all the time. I, I, yeah. You know, like, so, I mean, I don't, I know that I have, but I have a kid. I grew up going to soccer games, too, and I saw people get hurt and stuff, but it's the fun. So, I don't know, like, I, I think that is a place that is a crucible for where boys Work out some like get deep like I've seen it. Oh, I mean, I always get deep seated psychological bullshit. I get playing in sports, being traumatic and everything. That's almost. I mean, yeah. I mean, I I understand. Like I said when we did that episode, I understand why they wrote it and the logic of and how they broke it down in the scene. It just didn't land for you. It just didn't work for you. Well, me. I guess it, it, two out of three ain't bad as far as their goal. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I wanted to have the last argument about that. <laughs> so, okay. So, here's the thing I was going to ask at the end of this, and I may have asked this in other seasons. What is the worst episode of this season? Oh, that's that's pretty easy. And you think it's Ferengi love songs? Oh, mm. <gasps> Is it not easy? I'm just going back to my list and double checking. I think um I think it's a simple investigation, isn't it? That's pretty horrible. That Riza episode is Oh my god. <laughs> I'm going to say no, I'm I'll, You're going to name an episode that's on someone's list? All I'm going to say is <laughs> let me just point out that I think the fan consensus might put that episode on the and i might not disagree with you him. know what he's not wrong you i can tell you what the fan consensus the imdb consensus is yeah it's it's, it's totally that rise episode give me that fan consensus well it's 5.5 is what is let you is out send 5.5 is the lowest one of the season so he's right about what the I, the people of IMDb, the incels on IMDb think. <laughs> Just because some people are getting laid on a pleasure planet, they have to go and downvote it. But yeah, and that, just because Odo gets laid, they have to downvote that one too. That's a six point six. The actual plot of Let He Who Is Without Sid is pretty horrible. <laughs> right. I mean, that's the that's my fro- that's my. I, I actually have a lot of fun with that episode. Except for that wharf scene. The, I hate everything about the actual plot of that episode. <laughs> oh, about the preachiness? But the wharf character? Yeah, the preachiness and the... Yeah, the weird, like, religious people aren't hard anymore. Right. When we got the Dominion. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Like, that that I'm done with. So, But the the wharf stuff, I, I defend that scene. I know. But um, Ferengi Love Songs, where is that rated? What's the rating on that again? 6.7. What? God damn, that episode's horrible. Yeah. <laughs> it's horrible. It is horrible. But a simple investigation is boring and doesn't have Wallace Shawn. Oh my God, it's yeah. so boring. <laughs> it's pretty boring. <laughs> and there's that long scene where they're in bed just talking. <laughs> oh my God, that's so boring. Oh, that... <laughs> and he didn't goo fuck her, and like that makes no sense to me. But anyway, um... he goo fucked her arm, kind of. And yeah, it's... <laughs> sort of, but not, <laughs> not, not, right, not right, right. No, that episode. Um, is the is the second worst for me. Yeah, I would watch simple investigation over Impagnor. Really? Because at least it doesn't what? participate in a character. I know. At least it doesn't participate in characters. <laughs> <laughs> he was under a psychotropic drug, James. Psychotropic drug. Don't care. 
<laughs> yeah, that's a fans love that one. Yeah, I, I could I could sympathize. Don't care. I don't feel that way, but I can I sympathize with that with mm. your disdain for it. Which one's things past? It's in my fuck fuck no, but I can't remember it. You want me to read the description? Oh, that's the time travel. Oh my god, that's the one where they go back and we fuck that episode. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, that's. Cisco, Dax, Odo, and Garrick find themselves in the past when Cardassians controlled the station and a crime that Odo investigated may be the key. <laughs> oh my 7, god, that's so the worst. That was a 7.5. People like the sequel to Necessary Evil. Fuck them. That was higher, that was higher than, okay, Things Past was higher than Rapture. Wow. <laughs> wow. It was higher than The Assignment, which I picked. Obviously higher than He, he Was Who Out Sin. And it was higher, oh, nope, it was one point. Uh, lower than Nor for the Strong, Battle for the Strong. Oh, okay. But higher than Rapture. Really? Higher than Business as Usual. That's a horrible fucking episode. <laughs> What's the, is it because it's got lore? I think it's because it's got lore. Yeah. It's got Ducat. It's Ducat. People like, it's, oh, it's a sequel to Necessary Evil. I thought you meant the character lore. No, I meant, yeah. I meant lore. Like, I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? No, it's got like, you know, you learn right. things right. about before the, it's got lore. People like going back to Terak Nor before. The opposite of data. Hard data is is, is a story. <laughs> yeah. Lore, yes. Yeah. Do you have a dark, what is darkness and light? It's on my list. What is that? I oh, forgot. that's the first Brian Fuller episode with the pregnant Kira. All our friends are getting killed. Oh my God. That's a lot. That's the worst. Okay. I mean, it's not the best, uh, but it's not it's the worst. The, yeah. It, that was like a 7.3 or something. It was so easy for me to cut, though. It was pretty easy for me to cut, too. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, it was in my fuck no pile. My fuck no pile is things past, ascent, darkness and light, a special investigation or simple investigation, business as usual, Ferengi love songs, and Impact Noir. That's my fuck no list. Yeah. Business as usual came out. Your picking of business as usual <laughs> came out of nowhere for me. Okay, so... Of the ones that we all picked, Apocalypse Rising, Looking for Paramok, Rapture, Rapture In Purgatory Shadow, By Inferno's Light, no. Soldiers of the Empire, and Call to Arms, what is the best episode of the season? It's got to be a Call to Arms. I don't, I'd go Purgatory and Inferno's. I go by Inferno specifically. I, I think I, I. Yeah, that, that two parter is kind of the same thing for yeah. me, but it's definitely, that's the best of the Call season. Call to Arms is third. I yeah, think, that would me. be third for me too. Yeah. And then we loved for the uniform. God, that was such a good episode. I don't know. I had it's a fun episode to record too. I would put for the uniform at three and call the arms at four, maybe. All right. Yeah, this is not even on my top ten list. I'd much rather watch people frolic on Risa and people <laughs> flip over tables of Jack Chick pamphlets on Risa <laughs> than than watch Michael Eddington talk about fucking Les Miserables. Your hatred of Michael Eddington. Is, <laughs> right. Yeah, it's only grown over. Uh, I, mean, I mean, are you are you glad it's over? Yeah. I'm, oh, is it over? I hope it is. I hope he doesn't fight. Well, he died. Well, he did legit he? died. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't get a forced ghost. Uh, he, Michael Eddington, <laughs> he, he could have a... He have a <laughs> I didn't he, tell you about your father. <laughs> no, he's, he's sitting in a pattern buffer somewhere ready to pop out some version of them yes uh there's a mirror universe eddington out there i'm sure one of the five pilots being pitched to cbs by kurtzman <laughs> is an all eddington episode yeah i'm sure all all kid yeah. all episode series yeah so uh the one last thing i wanted to stick on this like because i put this on the i i don't know i want i i feel like i spent a lot of time thinking about dumb shit like modern casting for a deep space nine show remake oh, right and i wanted to share uh a list and see if you guys had opinions too and so i'm gonna go through this quick little list here i'll just go by the core cast and if you want i have extended cast too but by far i think the, the most like 
easy casting decision is Carrie Coon. Coon. I had this. Carrie Coons? Is it Coons or Coon? Carrie Coon is Kira. I think that that's a... I'm with you 100% there. Yeah, I think that that's a, like, I think that's a nailing. And then everybody picks Idris Elba for Cisco, but I think that's wrong. I'm going to go for the star of the upcoming Hulu hit Castle Rock, Andre Holland Jr. Or I think he's just Andre Holland now. Who was the lead in, or the, I don't know, he was the black guy in the, in the Nick. Oh, and what about, he, uh, what about the shocker from Fargo season two? Oh, uh, he, uh, Woodbine? Yeah. Bokeem Woodbine? Yeah. I like okay, Andrew so Hall. Hughes got Bokeem Woodbine. Andre, sorry. Yeah. Bokeem Woodbine, is he too kind of. Man, all those episodes, cool? all those episodes where he's just talking in a normal voice, but still menacing and looking at people straight yeah. in the eye. Is he too cool? That was my issue because I think Idris Elba's too cool. No, to be I think Cisco. I think he's a. I think he he could do the balance of vulnerability, like at the end, wherever he uh, finally gets his. Oh snap! We're doing spoilers for season two. Oh, you son, you mother of Fargo. Oh, and we've got somebody here who hasn't seen it yet. I'm not gonna ruin it for Wade. Uh, peek behind the curtain. It's Wade's own fault that Wade doesn't see. Fargo season two. It's so. a, any show from over a year ago, I guess, is free game at this point. But, <laughs> but yeah, Spokane Woodbine is pretty great. And is he in something now? Did did Fargo not? Because I heard a whole thing about Jeannie Smart how Fargo two didn't help her career. She got to do Legion. Yeah, I know, but that was. It. I think she wanted to do something that didn't suck. Oh, oh, oh you, you asshole! I'm quitting the podcast. You son of a bitch. Ah! You walked, you walked right into that, though, really. I, no. I would feel bad for you, but... Uh, he's supposed to be in that Snow Crash show. Oh. oh, he plays... He's in that Unsolved, The Murders of Tupac and Notorious B.I.G. Oh, okay. Didn't watch that either. All right, moving... What, what's the next guy? I like I like Andre Holland, but... We... Okay, so my... Uh, I'm going to skip over... Oh, fuck it. Jake is Caleb McLaughlin, the kid from whose place Andre Holland's kid in Castle Rock. All right. Well, not having uh, Jaden Smith play Jake is a mistake, but go on. You think Jaden Smith? Jaden Smith would add layers to Jake that unforeseen lay, layers to Jake that you would cannot imagine. Okay. Should we just cast Will Smith as I, the? I don't as, know. I mean, if I'm going to be like, oh, I what the kid from Stranger Things? Have him play Jake. I don't know. That's the kid from Stranger Things, Caleb McLaughlin. Uh, Jadzia. Is the most as the one I'm second most happy with, third most happy with Elizabeth de Becky, who played the silver or gold woman from Guardians of the Galaxy season two or episode two. As who? As Jedzia Dax. Okay, I see it. Huh. She's tall and she's beautiful. She's a good actress. She's smart sounding. I think she's perfect. Yeah, okay. A niche origin like a while ago you wanted like a Asian actress. For, no, I think it was Debecky. Well, you you talked about Dax for, like in in a previous episode when you're casting like as like a small like Asian girl with an old. What's her name? Ziza Zhao. She was a crouching tiger. And it doesn't matter. That's fine. The Becky's good too. No, I think the Black. I'm with. I, here's here's my thought process on this. Is that usually when you want to dreamcast something from like mm-hmm. 20 years ago, you want to diversify the cast. Mm-hmm. The actual cast is relatively diversified on the show. Especially if you go into like Keiko and all the of that kind of stuff. The yeah. So I, 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 I didn't, I don't know. Yeah. But I mean, it's fine. Uh, uh, my O'Brien is Stephen Graham <laughs> from Snatch. Uh, who played uh, Al Capone. He's great. He's potato-faced. He's from Northern England and not Ireland. For Odo, I want uh, comedian Brett Gelman. I think he's perfect. <laughs> yes, you've been pretty serious on that one. I'm serious about Brett Gelman. I think Brett Gelman is a perfect Odo. 
Uh, for Quark, I think uh, if you can get Michael Stuhlberg, go for Michael Stuhlberg. Whoa. <laughs> Is that a disagree or an agree? No, that's dead on. Yeah, I think so From too. what? Known for Fargo and Boardwalk Empire? Fargo season three. He's in Boardwalk Empire. He's in Serious Man. He's the Serious Man. Oh, Serious Man. Okay. I just want to give people... In the Serious Man. He was in like eight movies that won Oscars. Most year. of us don't know who the fuck... Michael Stuhlberg. Michael is. Stuhlberg uses like eight things last year. I'm just like, trying to get the audience to on board. That's all. <laughs> I think he's great. He's a great choice. I just wanted to get Michael that Stuhlberg, who was in what was that gay underage sex movie in Italy? Oh, he was oh yeah, yeah. In that he was in the fish fucking movie. Oh, yeah, he's great. I just wanted people give people a reference. Yeah, I, he's a serious no, man. He'd, he'd be a great Odo. I, I mean, yes. Quark. I'm, I like that. I have to. Expl- I don't have to explain who Brett Gelman is. I, I, I live I in New York and I do comedy sometimes, so I'm like. I'm like <laughs> Brett Gelbin is, I guess, what is his most famous thing he's in? I mean, he's a, he's one <laughs> of those guys that you've seen. Yeah, He's seen in everything. Stranger Things season two, he was in that. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, right. I'm all over with Worf. I can be talked out of this, but I feel like that it's in my life. I want to see Michael K. Williams play a Klingon. And this may be my only time to Dreamcast that, so I do that. Michael K. Williams is Worf. I'm 100% with you on that one. Well, Michael K. Williams with Worf? Yeah, I think yeah. he's perfect. I'm, I'm on board. Yeah. Bashir, though, I am all over the place. Uh, but Bashir, I finally landed on Aiko Uwahes, who is the guy from The Raid, because I just, I feel like there's no reason to hide his gene fucked with. And so you can do, like, some raid to, like, make Bashir, like, a kung fu badass. Uh, why not just Clint uh, Fandango? Give him another shot at <laughs> I could give Clint Fandango. That was that, and I also had it, well, if you were going to go with the, like kind of cocky asshole who's also kind of a pussy i think uh danny pooty oh yeah we do a really good really job at that so i'm one of those two so there's that my only other i have a whole list my only other like specialty casting would be james spider's garrick yeah it's pretty good yeah yeah uh there's nothing else i'm super stoked about um susan sarandon is kai win (laughs) garrett dillahunt is damar you know james spader could do a good white way too probably Oh yeah, 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 he could. I cast for Wei Yun uh, the Martin Wallstrom from Mr. Robot because he's basically playing Wei Yun anyway. Wow. Uh, Sarandon is Kai Wen. I want to get back to that. <laughs> yeah, Sarandon is Kai Wen. <laughs> that's, that's that's a little too meta, I think. <laughs> uh, you, it's perfect. It's a perfect casting. Uh, David Keith is Galron. Is also my favorite thing. Uh, in Abrantane, if you have to put him in there, he's played by Ricky Jay. <laughs> and then not only the Salome Jens character, but any founder that you cast needs to be a trans actor. So uh, Salome Jens should be Asia Dillon, I think, who's like from Billions, and she's good in Billions. Okay. Uh, also, Clint Howard should play the Nagus. <laughs> yes, yeah. Because I have to put Clint Howard somewhere. Clint Howard Nagus is spot on too. Yeah. Titus Welliver as Martok. So Silas from Deadwood. Nice. Okay. As Martok. Yeah, so that's my dream casting. Any anything that you would like to see other than Jaden Smith? I think that's <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> no, I like that, except for Jaden Smith. <laughs> but um... <laughs> okay, I don't I don't have anything else other than that. Unless you, uh... so here's the th- I want I want people to call us in and and oh, tackle. I agree. That's a casting. I want I want to get the dream casting. I think up. people should be able to cast like one off roles too of like oh yeah Shakir oh, or, yeah. Uh, or or you know people can cast it anybody they want. Oh, did I say that? Oh, uh, did I say that uh, Keiko will be um, the the actress from Sense8 and Cloud Atlas? She's a Korean actress, but the same. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Duna Bay. 
All right. Yes. Still not a Japanese actress playing a Japanese one. <laughs> well, but I mean, but I also have uh, Andre Holland's British and he's playing Cisco's American. No, I, so. I'm just, I'm just making a bad joke. <laughs> I, I thought about that. She's not Japanese, but she's Korean. It's, yeah, but you know, Rosalind Chow's not Japanese either, so it's fine. There you go. Mm-hmm. All right. So there I go. There I go again. All right. Oh, Anything else you guys want to, uh, before we close season five to never speak of it again? Um, other than like, we did cut some stuff that we just like tossed off as garbage, but there's a lot of good stuff marbled in with the bad. I mean, almost anytime Wei Yoon shows up, yeah, yeah, uh, in an yeah, episode, you could make a case that the episode could be kept, and, and we didn't do that, obviously. But in the cards, in the cards, I did. No, <laughs> kidding. Well, yeah, you <laughs> did, but I'm I'm just making the case that like even the stuff that we discarded, important to interesting there's good stuff, stuff going on, yeah, did happen. Yeah. Where's the one where Wei is it? Ties of Blood and Water? I don't know. Ties of Blood and Water has some good Wei Yoon stuff, and so does in the cards. Yeah. I've cut a lot of Wei Yoon. Wei Yoon may not <laughs> even be in my season except for Call the Arms. Right. So, yeah, that's a good point. Because he's not in Purgatory Shadow or in Inferno's Light. Those are different Vortas. All right. All right. Well. All right. Yeah, you're right. We've cut that. I didn't have to cut out and, and surgically Frankenstein any B-plots like I have in the past, which is... Arguably a cop out. Yeah, but I think that we've maybe just con- we stopped concerning well, ourselves with that, or have we? Or I, I, I think I, I never concerned myself with it as much as you guys did. You never did. I did because I was an asshole. <laughs> but the season is good enough that I didn't have to. So well, you kept the ship largely because the ship comes up later. And I love that episode. If you'll go back and listen to it, I was yeah. If I kept the ship, it was because I liked uh, Lisa Marie Presley Vorta. <laughs> Not Lisa Marie Presley. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah the- Bobo Lisa Marie Pesley Vorta. <laughs> right, right. She, who's probably infinitely a better actress than Lisa Marie Presley. For real though. Mm-hmm. All right. I think I think we covered it pretty well though. This whole I think I think all our white albums are, are pretty good. Yeah, I think so too. I think that's a good place to start with looking for that. Uh, yeah. If you disagree with us and you think our white albums are shit, well then go fuck no, don't do that. Give us a call and give us your own. White album. Oh wait, I was going to ask one one thing of you. Uh, so you don't think Bashir is redeemed by the season? We keep asking that. That's the reoccurring question. Oh no! Oh, in fact, the the funny thing about this particular season, Bashir, they they treat him like first season Dax, except for that one episode they give him. They do. <laughs> they give him a world of like backstory, and then and then like don't use him at but all but they don't but they don't even do that till like not even halfway through this like yeah well over the halfway through the season even before that 16th episode yeah. right so i think he's pretty i think he's pretty good in the uh world war the nor the battle to the strong episode I mean, yes. kind of he's just he just has a job to do and he's fine <laughs> I and mean, he's really a non-character it could be that's when you he's could, the best when he's you know, just doing just, his job you could, he's he's at his best when you could swap him out for a, a doctor from another ship and give him the exact same lines and it would wouldn't change fair enough it wouldn't change into story at all or if you could make him do wire if he could fight people with wire food that would be good too <laughs> that, would, be good. that would give him something to do. quit casting your remake but no they this whole this whole season is not concerned other than the one Bashir episode i'm not counting that the rest of the season pretty much is pretty pretty light on Bashir oh i i agree i agree and they they, they did that shift of him being an augment off the cuff 
and last minute, and they don't know what to do with it for most of this season. But going forward, I think they start doing it pretty well to get into spoiler territory and to tease what's right. coming up. Well, I'm mm. I'm not going to argue that because I haven't seen... Because <laughs> we got time to do that. Yeah. No, I mean, I've... Shit, I'll make time if I want to argue about it. But oh, I'm I'm sure we will. That's... But I'm just saying, I'm just saying that I'm not gonna like go into it with a negative. View. Like I'm gonna be open minded. Like I'm gonna. I hope they fix them. I hope they make it work. Uh, if memory serves, that's not the case. But I'm I'm gonna try to look at it from a good perspective. Right. No, you, you're not pre. You may have. You're allowed. Uh, you have p- political opinions, Biases. but you are not judging. You are the Peter. St- What's his name? That's this cop that was in. Peter oh, Strauss you're saying my bias won't show? Yes. Peter Strokes. <laughs> yes. You're, you're, Stroke. You have opinions, but not prejudice. Yes. Listen, you sit there and and you smirk. I've seen that smirk when I'm talking. <laughs> and I just want to know if you look in your mistress. Well, no, no, never mind. I'm sorry. You're a happily married <laughs> man. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, we got political. Yeah, we got, yeah. and probably maybe, when was this here? Yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, it's we probably, we, we could be the end of the world by then. Um, the one thing I would say, uh, well, going forward as we watch season six, a little tidbit I like to throw in, they went into season six, the writing room, thinking it was the last season because all of the contracts were six season contracts mm-hmm. as comes up, obviously when it comes to contract uh-huh. renewal. But, um, <laughs> if, for those who've watched season seven, but, uh, they went into season six thinking it was the last season and they wrote it as such for a while. Huh. Is that why it was straight fire for a while? <laughs> yeah, I think it was why it was straight fire. They weren't like holding any, like, <laughs> I'm going to keep this. Like, Maybe every yeah. writer's room should write everything as if it's their last. Just like, I <laughs> don't I think, like, I think that's common nowadays. And then that's why you get second seasons that are like, uh, Mr. Robot that are kind of floundering. <laughs> They're like, uh, <laughs> that was all my ideas. Yeah, like oh shit, you want to? You you're gonna give me another scene? Or 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 uh, True Detective? Oh god, yeah, it comes yeah. to mind. Yeah. So all right. Yeah. So I think that you're right. I think that maybe maybe just right. Like you're always gonna get. It's like the De- Democrats 2016, where they're like, no, they're keeping their powder dry. They got the crack, and they never had a crack. Right. <laughs> right. All right. I think that's it. Yeah. I think so. I think we've gone long enough. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, this has been our White Album episode. W- Wait, what should people do if they want to like help us out or support us? He or... started talking, and then I... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So give us your own White Albums. Let us know what you think. You can do that. That's one way. Give us your own White Albums at 917-408-3898. Um, if you want to support the show... Well, there's so many ways you can support the show just by telling people and rating us and doing all that other stuff. But if you want to like really support us and get something for it, you can go to our Patreon page and uh, give us money and we will give you extra podcasts and all sorts of other things at patreon.com slash kickers of elves. We got a lot of stuff there and join our uh, conversation on the Discord server and uh, we got some good stuff coming up in the pipeline. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks again for listening to another episode and season of the Rules of Acquisition. We hope you join us as we go through the first episode of season six. For Wade, James, and myself, three to be mountain. Mm-hmm.
Do you know the cunt weasels that run this show have a call in line, where you can express your DS9 wishes and DS9 dreams into their ear holes? They will play them on air and try to be nice to you, because one day they hope to sell you blue apron snacks and underwear made out of modal. The number is 917-408-3898. That number again is 917-408-3898. You will probably want to talk about how hot Dax and Bashir are. That is great. These pretentious asses also love it when people say they are wrong. So feel free to do that. James will probably go off on a knowingly obtuse rant about construction issues or political sophistication we know you love that, again 917-408-3898. Did you know that some Deep Space Nine podcasts have more reviews than us on iTunes? Doesn't that piss you off? Please review us on iTunes. We need to feel loved sometimes.